Yeah, so Sencha is a JavaScript framework company. Um, we're best known for XJS uh, and uh, also for Sencha Touch, which is now part of XJS. Um, so we build uh, a JavaScript framework that also comes with a bunch of pre-built components, uh, and they're especially useful for data-driven apps. So our components are things like grids, trees, charts, visualizations, uh, things that help enterprises um, bring big data to the screen, both on desktop, uh, tablet, and phone. And so my role within Sentra, I've done quite a few things here. Um, I started out in tooling, uh, working on things like IDE plugins, um, Sentra Themer. Uh, and for the last year, I've been working on our new product called XReact, uh, which brings the XJS component set to React developers. And I guess where, where do these sort of cross-platform toolkits fit into mobile development these days? Uh, I guess in some respects, you just have a lot more competition than you used to, uh, but also in other respects, um, there's been a trend towards less native 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 development on the two major mobile platforms as well so have you kind of seen that that you've become more or less sort of used in the past couple of years so there's there's just so much more mobile development being done i think in both directions both native uh you know hybrid things like react native and then uh folks who would prefer to develop kind of one code base to serve uh mobile both over the web and also as a downloaded app and desktop. Um, and so we fit into that third category where with one toolkit and one framework instead of conventions, you can write an app that works on all devices and all screen sizes. Um, so it's very good for enterprises that aren't looking to, you know, have a team of iOS developers and a team of Android developers and a team of web developers. You can get it all done with one uh, toolkit. And I mean, at the moment, are you just uh xjs produce native ui elements do you sort of convert into native or is it your own element that approximates the native elements they're all uh, xjs produces html uh, when it comes right down to html and css so it's, it's all web technologies they look and resemble the kind of experience that you would get on a native device in fact we have themes that specifically target ios and android um, if you're looking to emulate a specific platform, uh, but in the end, it's it's all just web tech. And and from memory, I, I hope my memory is correct because it was a while ago. To use Sentra, it was a moderately kind of custom sort of JavaScript. Maybe my memory is serving me completely wrong, but I seem to remember it being something a little different. Um, so Sentra does the the um, the framework. Uh, basically includes like everything you need uh, to build a web application. So that includes really low-level things like a class model, a way of doing inheritance, mix-ins, um, you know, models, views, controllers, uh, MVVM pattern, and the components as well. So whereas a lot of other libraries make you bring in a lot of third-party things, like for instance in the React universe, any React app is going to have a huge handful of third-party dependencies. XJS aims to provide all of that in one toolkit. So there's quite a big box that it sits in. It's much larger in scope than something like a React or even an Angular, um, but it provides basically everything you need from one vendor rather than pulling together different strategies from open source. Sure. I guess I meant more in terms of the code itself. From memory, it was 
not completely vanilla JavaScript. It was its own sort of flavor. Uh, yeah, it does. Unless I'm completely mixing no, it up. No, I think, I think you've, you've got it um, in that um, XJS. So back when XJS started, um, which is now going on probably like 10 years ago, there really wasn't the concept of classes or inheritance or any object-oriented principles in JavaScript. Um, and so XJS had to invent some of those things. And so it has, for example, its own class system, uh, its own way of doing inheritance and mixins. Um, and those are things that have eventually become standard in JavaScript over like the last two or three years. Um, and those are things that we're watching as far as including them in the next version of XJS. Um, but that might be where your impression comes from because XJS had to provide a lot of strength to the language that wasn't there in order to be able to build scalable applications on JavaScript. Sure, I mean, you make an interesting point because uh, where a lot of these frameworks started, things like uh, XJS and uh, PhoneGap and um, Kendo and the whole kind of uh, suite of products from Telerik as well, and then a whole bunch of others all came from this time when there were no other real options. <laughs> so, and, and the JavaScript language was really not ready to be a, a real language to build applications on. Was, when XJS was started, JavaScript was used to like validate a text field. You know, you'd write one function, and that was the whole purpose of JavaScript. Nobody even wrote JavaScript classes back then. So we had to you know, invent quite a lot to, to allow folks to write real apps in JavaScript. And, and as JavaScript itself has improved, have you sort of rewritten the amount of extra work that XJS has needed to do, or have you kind of kept it the same and improved from there? Uh, so that's a work in progress currently. Um, we started with, uh, in XJS 6, um, having our build tool sent command support a lot of the new uh, ES 2015 and beyond syntax as far as things like classes and um, arrow functions and string templates and all that good stuff. Um, and we're working on um, you know, bringing in some of the more standard ES6 module system and classes as well in a future version of XJS. So stay tuned there. So tell me a bit more about, um, I've just got to, XReact, yes. I was about to say React.js and then realized that wasn't correct. Tell me more about XReact. What does it offer? Uh, I mean, obviously, it gives someone the ability to write code like React-type code. But beyond that, what does it offer over XJS? So to be very clear, uh, when you use XReact, you're writing, you're using React. It's not a React-like system. It's not emulating React. You're using React, and XReact is our set of components that you can drop into your app. So if you go back in history with JavaScript and JavaScript frameworks, we were one of the first in XJS. And so back then... A framework entailed both the plumbing, something like jQuery or the, the thing to give your application structure, as well as a set of components to display complicated widgets like trees and grids and charts. As time went by and things like Ember and Angular and React came around, the definition of a JavaScript framework kind of got changed into just the plumbing or just the architecture, and components became kind of a separate concern. Um, none of the other frameworks like React or Angular or Vue, they don't come with components. They're merely a platform on which you can build components. And so XReact is us giving 
the XJS components to React developers without having to use XJS. So if you've decided that you like the React way of programming, you're using things from the React ecosystem, you prefer Flux over MDDM, you can write plain old React code, but if you decide you need our components for things like charts and visualizations and grids and you're building an enterprise big data app, you can drop our components into a React app without having to learn or adopt the XJS framework. You can just use the components that you need. So just to uh, clarify something I heard you say there, but just to, to sort of clarify it for everybody. Um, so the the whole kind of build process and um, the final delivery of the application is still done through the kind of normal React Native tooling. Uh, so be careful about using the word React Native there because that has a very specific connotation. Okay. But, well, th- this is this is something else to clarify yeah. maybe in the answer uh, if if it is using React Native and etc. From there. Right. So uh, a couple of things there. One is. Uh, I think what you're asking is, basically, when you're writing an app that uses X-React components, are you building it, delivering it through all the standard React tool chains and ways of doing things? And the answer is absolutely yes. So all of our examples, all of our guidance around X-React is using standard things like Webpack and Babel and Create React apps um, to build your app and assemble it. So whereas XJS is kind of a complete solution and a way of doing things, XReact is a lot less invasive. So we're basically giving you components that you can use, but you choose how to put them in your app and you choose how to build it and architect it and deliver it. Um, and so XReact does not support React Native. React Native, um, all of the components in React Native are implemented natively through things like Swift or Objective-C or uh, Android Java. And so Bench's history and skill is all in web components, things like HTML and JavaScript. Um, so we have not attempted to tackle React Native support yet. We're building this purely for React Web right now. Okay. Um, and I guess, I mean, sort of from my memory of the, the two companies and also um, from where you both come from, how, uh, how does your suite of projects compare to Telerik and native script and their sorts of alternatives to this, what would you say your advantages over them are? Well, I think a couple of things. One is I don't think anybody has anywhere near as extensive a set of components for React uh, as XReact provides. Um, it's really very complete and there are chances that depending on the type of application you're writing, you may not have to use any other third-party components besides what XReact provides. Um, very, very complete. And two, um, it's also extremely themable. So uh, it comes with quite a few themes out of the box. For example, it comes with a material design theme that makes everything look like Google and Android. It comes with an iOS theme that emulates the look and feel of iOS. And it comes with a more generic uh, kind of cross-platform theme as well. But all of those themes are highly tweakable through our SaaS-based API. So that's very important, I think, if you're working in a kind of open environment where you're likely to bring in third-party components or implement many things yourself. You don't want you know, the grid that you take from XReact to look out of place in your application. You want to be able to theme it so that it looks like it's part of everything else uh, and the look and feel of everything else that you do in your application. So that's something we spend a lot of time on um, and is a great capability of XReact. And I think those two things, both the extensiveness of the toolkit 
as well as the customizability of the look and feel are, are unique strengths that React. And and just to dig more into these components, so maybe you could uh, give anyone who isn't familiar a little bit more an understanding about what data heavy means and the kind of use cases those components would have. Yeah, so the, the number one thing that people have always come to Centre for is our grid. Um, and so the grid is built specifically to handle ridiculously large amounts of data. So by default, it's got things like buffered rendering built in, where it will do very intelligent things as far as reusing rows and cells as you scroll down a grid with a ton of data, rather than just rendering the entire data set on screen, which would take a long time. And that grid has a bunch of plugins built into it. So you can make it act like a spreadsheet where you can edit cells. You can automatically like drag and drop to resize columns. You can turn columns on or off. Um, you can do like row editing. You can have cell level selection. Um, and then there's some things that we're working on for the next version, which is like uh, being able to lock columns, um, being able to filter columns, um, so it's a very, very powerful and very expensive um, grid in terms of its features. And it's it's got performance built in from the ground up. Um, so it, it does some things that if you were trying to implement like a, a buffered rendering strategy for grid rows in React yourself, that would be a real pain. Um, so it's, it's great to be able to grab something from a vendor like us have that built in and not have to worry about And are these mostly aimed at kind of internal enterprise applications or would people have seen some of these components in the wild in kind of more consumer or public applications as well? They're, they're mostly used in real apps uh, and many of those are internal apps or you know, apps that help run your business. Um, we actually, we actually uh, at Century, we have a, a benefits company that manages all of our HR stuff called Trinet, and they use the, uh, the XJS grid as well. So it's likely that people will have encountered these things, but you're probably not going to encounter them on like, you know, Facebook's website or on, you know, Amazon's website. It's more <laughs> business apps. Sure. And, and I guess you get that sort of familiarity between platforms too they can move from the desktop version to a mobile version and get a similar experience exactly and and the, the uh, framework has a lot of tooling built in to do things like responsive design device detection and have your ui incrementally adapt to the platform and screen size that you're using but yeah that's a that's a great comfort for many enterprises you know to be able to learn one set of components and then use them on any device, you know, any touch device or any desktop device uh, that they need. And I could see looking at the existing XJS, I mean, this is primarily a developer audience, so looking at the existing XJS um, tool chain, you have plugins for the various JetBrains IDs, Visual Studio, Eclipse, Visual Studio Code. Will um, XReact be supported in the same the same way? Is it going to be the same plugin basically, or will you be supporting them anyway with a different plugin? So it's a little bit it's a little bit different with X React. Um, React has a typing system built in where you declare what each component can take in and what events it has through this construct called prop types, and that construct helps deliver intelligence to the IDEs. Um, as far as things like code completion and linking back to something which is uh, declared. So while we had to build a lot of that from the ground up for XJS to accommodate XJS's class model and, um, 
and kind of conventions. We didn't have to build all of that for X React because a lot of IDEs have built in support for understanding React components and JSX syntax and prop types. So really all we uh, had to do to provide really good support, for example, for Visual Studio Code, was to produce um, TypeScript typing definitions uh, and bundle those along with XReact. So right now, if you go in and open an XReact project in Visual Studio Code, you'll get code completion, IntelliSense, whatever you want to call it, for like all the props on any given component. Um, so it's the, the IDEs natively support React components quite a bit better than just generic JavaScript. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess this is one of, this is your big sort of announcement for now, but is there anything else exciting on the roadmap for the next six months that you want to give a, a sneak preview of? Well, we are just starting to do a couple of things. We're just starting to work on a similar integration for Angular. Um, and uh, as a company, you know, one of the, the trends that we see going forward is that frameworks come and go. So while React is pretty hot right now, uh, and I got some up-and-comers like Vue and Angular's been around for a while, but it's still pretty widely accepted. Um, One day, all of those will be old. And so one of the things that we see going forward is that components are here to stay. In the last few years, all of the JavaScript frameworks came together on this idea that component-oriented development, accessible, reusable components, is the best way to think about app development, specifically web app development. And so one of the things we're really excited for going forward is the emerging web component standard, which we feel may, in fact, replace a lot of what these different proprietary frameworks are doing with something that browsers can understand natively um, and thus lessen the amount of stuff a framework has to do for you. So we're, we're watching that very closely. One of the libraries that's very interesting to us is called Polymer from Google. Um, so we're playing around with that a little bit. But uh, that's where we think that the future is headed um, in terms of uh, the way people consume components through this web component standard. So the work is in the early stages, but uh, something I'm excited about. Um, just interested to know, like, every time there are new versions of iOS and Android, and I'm guessing that's mostly what you spend your time on, um, how much work do you have to do to get... Uh, not just the look and feel, but also the kind of the tool chain and your platforms to, to work with those, or does it vary wildly depending on the update? There's not a lot of work in the tool chains, but there are a lot of sleepless nights with the styling. So, you know, Apple Apple doesn't necessarily give you a uh, you know two-year ahead of time preview when it decides to change its look and feel. So all of a sudden they drop these things on the world. And so anybody looking to emulate that has to kind of scramble uh, to do that. So uh, it, it happens without warning and it, it definitely causes uh, a lot of work. Um, but it's mostly in that theming capability that I was talking about before. Um, so there hasn't been any huge updates recently, knock on wood, but you never know when they're coming. So we, we brace ourselves. I've heard all sorts of rumors about uh, iOS 11. Yeah. <laughs> um, so just wrapping up, is there anything else you want to make sure people know about that uh, about the product, about what's happening in the future, about any other kind of offerings you have that you want to make sure people know about? Um, no, I don't think so. I think we, uh, we covered XReact pretty well, XGS. Um, so if, if folks uh, haven't heard of XReact before, if you're looking for 
components for data-driven apps, things like executive dashboards, monitoring systems, um, anything where you have to display data very efficiently and a lot of data to the user, X-React is definitely something you should look at um, if you're a React developer. <laughs>